All right, hello everyone. We're doing Spiritual Table Talk. Today's topic is St. Martha. Join us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, FM, or your favorite podcast app. And um, this one will come out right before the party for Anaisa and St. Martha. It'll come out on a Thursday beforehand. We're doing a party, by the way, you guys, July 29th, 2023. This is recorded in 2023. Don't show up in 2024 on the 29th because we won't be here. Um, so make sure that you realize this is for 2023. Today we're talking about St. Martha. It's me, Ty, Miss Lily, Miss Gina, Miss Carrie. And um, I say let's start with you guys. What do you guys want to say about the good old Santa Manta la Dominadora. I love her. <laughs> exactly one interaction with her, and she gave absolutely fantastic advice and was super sweet. I, I don't know a lot about her, but she was really kind, and I appreciated it. What's her association with herbs? And why is she considered an herbalist? Because of the earth? Because of the roots. Mm. So roots sim- are similar to serpents. The roots are snakes inside the ground. Yeah. So she knows a lot of the magic of roots. Right? And like, um, there are certain herbs, when you work with those herbs, the magic is more in the leaf. And there are certain herbs, like the strength is in the roots. So she knows about the roots of the plants. She connects with everything that's serpentine. And so roots tend to be very serpentine. And they tend to like, if you look at a root ball, it almost looks like a snake pit. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not expecting that answer. And a lot of the Loire herbalists in different ways but her magic is the magic of the roots of the herbs. And so we say like she works with a lot of the, what we consider strong herbs. Strong herbs means that like they have a strong scent to them or they can be like really bitter when you take them. And it's because of that connection, like the strength of a plant lays in its roots. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Like, it was, for example, like someone 
you know, they shared a post I made about the party that's coming up. And I, I think it's a very human way of thinking, right? So they shared the post and the comment on the post was like, well, what can I use Anaisa for? The question spoke volumes, right? Because like, you're like, what can I use this for? Not what can I like develop with this. Mm -hmm. It's what can I use this for? Mm -hmm. And so like, even a lot of times some of the priests or priestesses, they have that same mindset. So the response was like, oh, Anaisa is of joy and abundance. You can use it to get better business and joy and more money in your life, etc. I think it's the same thing, especially actually it's like 10 times worse with St. Martha. Because with St. Martha, every time you turn around, you hear about her. It's always like, oh, use this to dominate the man, dominate your lover, dominate your woman, dominate your boss. It's all about other people. Right? And what can I use her to kind of like gain control over others? Right? When I think she teaches a lot about control over self. Control and release over emotions and self. So it's like so misconstrued. For me, like I agree she has my heart. And I think about like if you're you're six feet under and you're alone, like she's that voice that's there like she has been my ride or die she's like a best friend in a different way than Anaisa like she's just there she's always been there for me she's never not been there for me and that trust I built with her was a pathway to the other wall because I'm like if I can trust her and she says this is my path or this is what I need to be doing then I can trust everything else and so yeah she hasn't we haven't done like lot of magic together or working but she's just being there like a voice in the dark like as if I was in my grave and someone else is comforting me well Anaisa said she doesn't often have feelings or she will be hurt like St. Martha it was a particular situation and where she could help the person but again they weren't accepting to her you know it was like oh she's a snake she's you know she said she was offended you know so like basically and it would be applicable to us in real life like how how dare i raise you know lift my hand to help you only for you to swat it away and i already know you're gonna swat it away you know like that's absolutely she was like why would i do that and then when she said that i'm like hey it makes sense you know because they're they are limitless but at the same time, just like you said, a good friend, I have to actually want to be your friend. You know, what is the point of me just throwing myself upon you? Like, Does she teach you to dominate yourself? Yeah. Yes. She's all about, like, and that's where people, like, get her confused. It's all about learning to dominate over yourself, dominate, like, your emotions, dominate your desires, and Understanding again... Them. when you really like dominate something properly so when people think of dominating they think of crushing but when you dominate something properly actually it's learning to flow together like someone who properly has let's say dominate the horse right rides with the horse 
that person is one with the horse they move with the horse the way the horse's muscles move kind of like determines how the person's body is moving right and so like the body has to be how do you call it flexible like a snake even in something like riding a horse such lovely sounds um, even in such something such as riding a horse, if one cannot allow the the body to be flexible like a snake, that's how you get injured, right? Yeah. So when I think of like, say Martha, sometimes I also think of like Durga, where like people see her as like sitting on top of like a tiger, and it's like the setting is she dominated over the tiger, and so the tiger. Is she rides the tiger to show her dominance over it. But in reality, when you think of something like a tiger or even a horse, like it could kill the hell out of you really easily. So it's not a situation where it's like it's scared of you, but it's a situation of learning to kind of work together in a symbiotic nature where there's a flow. Does she work with other, like, um, because when I, when I've seen her come through in possession, sometimes I'm, like, surprised, like, she'll come through, like, really feminine, like, there's, like, feminine qualities that, like, I've seen come through that, um, is that, like, because she's trying to move? with like someone else who's more feminine or like does she have I think, I think that's a misperception too like when I think of the snake well, that's, I don't necessarily yeah. think of like femininity like yeah um, but when I've seen her she's very feminine like well that's a misconception about sides, her right like, sensuality and like um she shows like really <clears throat> feminine qualities but you don't see them right yeah that's a very big like thing about her is that like so that's part of the reason why we say like her and Anaisa are best friends we say they're comadre which means like besties why because like the same way like people misconstrue certain of Anaisa's qualities same way as with say Martha and so with say Martha they think like people have this idea that femininity means non-fiery but Docile. Yeah, docile. Or young as opposed to old, or or girlish as opposed to woman. Exactly. And she's very like womanhood, like a woman, like mother or like mother, like not mother but mother earth. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's the thing is like she represents a different aspect of femininity, whereas in the minds of like culture societally right people think of femininity meaning like soft and docile Mm -hmm. but femininity can have many expressions right and even like that like we take these words and we limit them so much like receptivity (coughs) it to some is docile but think about like what i was just saying about saint martha like to be alone in a dark in the darkness how do you get more receptive than that? Your all your senses are open. 
emptiness and the darkness materialize all the senses. Yeah, that portion makes you face you. Holding your heart to look inwards. Yeah, holding your heart and then she dominates you, but she doesn't do it like stepping. She does it. She'll show you. She's a soft, dominant. For example, she told me something. I was in shock. I didn't listen. And then all these things happened. And then when I saw her again, naturally, I was mad at her. You know, and I'm like, well, why Why did you do that? She's you like, know? there's nothing soft about it. <laughs> why, did, why did you let that happen? And she was like, well, I showed you. I told you. You had to go through it. You know, because then she started banging on the ground like your heart is hard, your head is hard, like you know. So you had to see it. So she's like the friend that tells you, like you know, he's no good for you, X, Y, and Z. But then you don't listen. You don't listen. But she'll stay. She'll stay, and then when you come back, like complaining, it's like that. I told you, but I did tell you. You know, without making you feel like well stupid is you know but it's like look I told you what you want me, what else did you want me to do because like you said with the receptivity if you're not receptive to it then hey you can only you can only like if she warns you about a, a man for example and you're like oh no I must be with him he's the love of my life she's gonna let you you know, she's not gonna let him kill you or whatever if he's abusive, but she showed she told you, she showed you a little bit the red flags, we should say. And then you bypass them, you chose to bypass them. And how often we get red flags and a verbal warning and probably a dream and a conversation and we still bypass that. In real life, you have a friend like that's like that and you did all that. Like what else can you do? But let them go through it. And then just be there for them in the end. You know that's how that's how I take that. I think also listen to y'all guys saying about the femininity because I never looked at it like that. I think she is feminine, maybe because I'm rough around the edges, but also because she has a reputation of a dragon tamer, and people think like to tame the dragon you have to be like, oh, where it could be love. It could be the kindness that tames the dragon. Well, one thing that people, like, fail to realize when they say the story about the dragon tamer, right, is that she tamed the dragon with ribbons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. Ribbons. Please say more. It's like the cartoons or the shows, he's in touch with his feminine side. Yeah. So now he softened up with the ribbons like, and. So I don't know the story, but just to go off that for a second, like there's this. That's the stereotype. Between, because like if you think about okay, like a really dominating man, he's usually really insecure. And it's like where they flip into each other, whereas like Santa Manta is um, passive domination. It's not active in your face like but that's what a lot of people think of for that right but that's a misconception because if you even if you see her at a party she's not like coming in Mm -hmm. hot right 
she might fill the room, but she's not gonna hit you over the head and then like go. She's just there. But I think that's the energy. It's just like some people they could walk in a room and they don't have to say anything, but respect is given. How whoever or some people may be mad that the energy is so dominating without them doing anything. Like I had to do X, Y, and Z. You know, I had to wear diamonds. You know, from head to toe to be seen. And this person walks in, maybe in just the you know just the dress serpentine is higher and they're like oh everyone gets the respect of the doctors the higher ups and everyone and she didn't have to do much it's a commanding energy but I think also the problem and I think that's part of the problem with words period is like when we when people think of the word dominate they think aggressive they think of dominance as a very like masculine term and so, like, then they see, like, say, Martha, like, in a more masculine light, right? Because they're thinking, like, the dominator. So everything is, like, that's part of the problem with attributing qualities to being masculine or feminine. Qualities are neither masculine nor feminine. So then when you think of, like, domination as being a masculine thing, you start to, like, not be able to see that actually domination is neither masculine nor feminine. And if maybe... it was just the flow. Like, domination yeah. is the flow. The dominant energy flow. Exactly. And and then you can take that and ascribe it to a man, like, maybe a, a quote, man, exalted man, who's in his, you know, positive side of domination, like, takes charge, and people just are like, okay, that seems like a good thing to do. But really, it's not about the man, it's about courses of action and flows of energy absolutely and what's the more dominant energy in the room which is part of the reason why there becomes so much imbalance like with relationships right because like people expect for one person or one party so like an in a relationship that is in balance the power flows between back and forth between the two parties at one time, she might dominate. At another time, he might dominate. So it flows back and forth, and it's not like he's the dominant one, I'm the submissive one, and so on and so forth. And... Yeah, that's, like, all so crazy. Yeah, so right? So that doesn't allow for, like, a flow, which creates natural imbalances, because what happens is there's other sides to people, and other qualities that may not, for a woman, might not be typically classified as feminine qualities, or for a man might not be typically classified as masculine qualities. So when people get stuck in this, like, masculine versus feminine qualities, it traps, it stops the flow from allowing it to happen, right? And then people start to have to be characters, like characters on television like we always know how Dora's gonna act like we always know how you know various characters are going to act that doesn't allow the flow for those people to be authentic if you're being a character then you can't be authentic because you're not a character 
you're not bound by one single thing. So you need to be able to flow depending on the energy that's flowing through you at the time. Through you, not into you, through you. And through that's you. domination. Exactly. But it's not over, it's just allowing the flow of energy that's you. Absolutely. To flow through. And and what's like and then to open up your path, your life. Like I don't know about this, but I feel like there might be a relationship between the word domination and pervasive or pervasiveness but I might look into it and talk about it on another podcast or something. oh yeah it sounds like it might be a connection there and there's also a connection between the words domination and harmony mm. Mm. so like a lot of times in spiritual work we talk about like the law of harmony and automatically people think like the law of harmony means everything will be harmonious and peaceful. But the law of harmony states like whatever is the dominant energy is the one that everyone, all other energies balance themselves out with. Can you say that one more time? Because so, I like, did find a definition, yeah. but it's connected. So most people think like harmony means harmonious in the sense of peaceful. Mm -hmm. The law of harmony really means whatever is the dominating energy determines what how the other energies move. move. What and, they and harmonize the with. the most pervasive. So yeah. like an influence that spreads widely throughout an area or a group of people. The, per the pervasive or the dominant energy. Exactly. It's the energy that's most overcoming. Mm -hmm. And that is one lesson, now that I think about it, that she's helped me with in my life is like, where am I getting stepped on? And how can I actually be myself, not over people, but to create more of a balance in the dominant energies? So if I'm being stepped on in, in my corporate career and everyone else's energy is guiding what I do and how I live and how I speak and how I dress, she's come in to help me come back to myself. Yeah, because the dominating energy can be, be other, like, things that, you, like, are not you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But and heavier weighted energy. Usually. That, yeah, which is why things can get drawn down really easily. Absolutely. Because everyone's listening to what they think is more dominant, but they might miss like a lot of the other things mm -hmm. too. And with her, in terms of womanhood, it's not like there's no fix. So it's like be the you that's the most you. It's, you know, it's not reaching for like be this type of woman in order to have harmony. It's be the you that's the most you so that you can move your energy forward. Yeah. If you know her. I was just thinking about yeah. If you like, don't yeah. Most mm -hmm. people don't listen to someone that has like a loud voice or like um like yeah, like gossip is like something that's like a lot of people it's like they're drawn to that or um I'm just thinking of like other like common ones in like the world. Might be listening to instead of like the lessons that she's showing. Yeah, and I think it has to be said too, like, because she's a princess. Mm -hmm. 
So she's very, she's regal. She's a princess, but she's black. And so I think there's a racist element of like, she might not be considered As feminine evil. because she's a black <clears throat> princess. So she's, she's a princess. She's, she wears crowns and headdresses and she's not just like in the dirt. Exactly. Yeah, she's she, like a princess of the court of the of the Gettys. She's regal, mm-hmm. not the same as the the regal um, spirits. We use that word yeah, in this exactly. tradition in a different way. And I don't mean that way, but I mean in like our concept of kings and queens and princesses. Like she is of Absolutely. the cemetery. Absolutely, and I think that it comes down to that whole connotations and associations with what it means to be regal. What it means to be regal. Yeah, and what it means to be royalty. Right. Right. Opulent. But that's European. Yeah, and you know, and condescending, etc. When we think of kings and queens, we often think of like people who are somewhat condescending. But it's because we forgot about tribalism. We forgot about what tribal tribes in Africa were. We don't. Yeah. Exactly. So, like a queen or a king in what I call of the people. Are is gonna go ahead and get down in the dirt when they need to get down in the dirt, uh, and, and be for their people. Exactly, and in some cultures, like when you're a king or a queen, that means that you're gonna be like the best warrior in the tribe, right? Like hence why the king and queen. Hence why exactly, and you can't hold that position of being queen if you can't protect your tribe, mm. Mm. right? And so. <clears throat> You've been to tests and tribulations and trials mm-hmm. to prove yourself and to know that you hold that title, not just of, oh, you know, my mama's a queen and it's passed down. It's it's a title in itself. It's a title in itself, and it's and it's different than a queen, but it's still regal. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like how we saw that movie. What's it called? Warrior Queen. Uh right where warrior king King. yeah warrior king and it's about like a tribe in Africa and they're fighting etc but she becomes the queen basically because she's the best warrior right and in that culture like that's what they valued as to show that you are a queen is like you can organize people you can rally some troops like you can Strategize. strategize You can fight just as strongly as any man, right? Like, you're just as good a warrior as any man or better. Because that was considered their, like, uh, highest warriors were all female. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in the context of the cemetery, and now this would be getting into, like, some um, mythology almost, but... The king and the queen have their domains and their roles, and then what's left often falls to their children. Exactly. And so, like with Martha, like Baron and Brigitte, they have the things that they dominate or their domains. And I think she fills the role of a lot of different things. She embodies a lot. That they can't, like, or that they don't. Don't. Yeah, and I think one of the interesting parts of St. Martha is that, like, 
so typically in a cemetery, typically in any king-queen kind of relationship, right, you see, like, the king and queen is, like, the couple, right? Like, it's, like, a husband and wife. It's usually how kings and queens work. But when it comes to the cemetery, right, the king is barren, but the queen is St. Martha, who's actually his daughter, and it's not his actual wife. Because his wife is kind of, like, more so, like, that's kind of for the birds. I'm not really... Don't okay. really care enough. This makes so much sense. Okay. I didn't know this. And they presented her as a princess probably because of my framework in America. Yeah. Et but I always felt that her role was way more active than her mother. Because there are many domains that she gets involved with. Yeah. So Not she's, that Brigitte doesn't. Yeah, no. At all. But like you said, maybe just less of an interest in... In the royal, having to do all that, exactly. And so, like, some people will say, like, he's, uh, St. Martha's his first daughter. Other people say, oh, it's his first concubine. But the reason they consider it the concubine is just because, like, you see him more often with her than you see him with Brigitte, right? And it's because she has taken on that role of queen of the cemetery, whereas Brigitte's kind of, like, for lack of a better word, I guess relinquished the role and kind of been like, yeah, that's not my bag. Like, I'm not worried about that. I'm not I'm really chilling. concerned. Yeah. I rather, I'd rather do my other doing. things that I enjoy right. doing. Exactly. And it's funny, like, just to get into point. mythology too, like a lot of times when the queen had really important, like social, not social in terms of facing the public, but actually really helping people, they would send the person who was like the face to go interact with people. Exactly, rather than going themselves. Yeah. Exactly. Can you um, talk about like when she comes into possession? There's like the snake on the floor, and then sometimes she's talked. Like sometimes there's like two different sides. Yeah, because when we look, like, at St. Martha, we when we speak about St. Martha, like, when we speak about any of the Loire, we only speak generally of, like, one aspect. Yeah, one with that one turn. But they usually have many. So she has the aspect where she's showing up as the snake, but she also has the aspect that we call metresa, which is the female aspect. Right, and that's where she comes up, and she's like stands up or sits up and starts to talk, and she starts to express that energy of the serpent of the cemetery. She starts to express it at, via, let's say, a female vehicle or a female expression, mm-hmm. and so it's the yeah, same Saint Martha. Like, sometimes she's grabbed like lipstick or things like that. Exactly. So that's part of like where she's actually really feminine. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and so like. You know, when I think of St. Martha, I think, like, waist beads are a really popular thing right now. Everybody wears waist beads. I think of St. Martha, I think of waist beads, right? She has that, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, belly dancer energy. Yeah, the undulations. I also think of, you'll see her do this a lot, too, and it's something I've experienced, like, hair out. Like, what it feels like to be, like, just 
free. Yeah. I say, and she loves when my hair is like just being oh, yeah. hot. Like, and I love my hair like that. So it's funny. Like, she loves it. <laughs> yeah, just being free. We talked about the Madresa kind of a lot, but I actually wanted to bring us also to the snake aspect. And we talked about like using the flow to create, but I also think St. Martha teaches to shed your skin. So when you become too fixed, like how to let go of different identities or people or, or chapters of life or belongings, like how to shed. Yeah, I think that's very much how she incorporates, like, with the cemetery, right? It's about allowing yourself to, like, die, die and have a, new have a new beginning and a new skin. And to decompose, which is actually something all of us are going to experience. Exactly. She makes that process, bearable. I don't know, that's not the right Easier. word, but, or even enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah, does she take you? Does she take you once you in the cemetery? Not the woman aspect. The snake aspect. Oh, takes you once. Like not the woman, right? The woman's not standing there decomposing you. The snake is. Yeah, exactly. The serpent, the worms. Yeah, the. Yeah, that's why she corresponds also with like slugs, worms. Because wor- earthworms are seen as, like, mini serpents. Does she take everybody? Yeah. 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 She's responsible for the decom- decomposition process. Yeah, exactly. Which is not just your physical body. It's also your attachment to your physical body in this lifetime. Oh, and that can be really strong for some people. Like, even if you're sitting here right now and you're like, pick everyone pick a part of your body that you love or a part of your brain if it's not your body your your mind that you love or a part of your personality that you love and imagine watching it go how comfortable are you like i can't say i love a part i love but if there's like if just pick a part of your body that you love and i literally watch it dematerialize how comfortable are you with that Oh, definitely. It's also, like, a big part of nervousness of, like, passing is that, like, you continuously thought you had tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So the people who get most nervous at passing are the people who never lived. They were alive, but they didn't, like, they didn't live. And I was going to say that piggyback on Anaisa. Nice that helps you understand that there's no that tomorrow is not promised. Mm-hmm. You know, so therefore you can live. Live today because tomorrow is not promised. And in Saint Martha's terms, mm-hmm. right? In a different way, it's like allow you yourself to become your dominant force in your life because you may not be here any longer, right? So then later on, when you're dead, you can be like, oh, I wish I would have been more myself or this way or that way. Mm-hmm. If you always allowed other energies or people or things to dominate who you were. Mm-hmm. 
And I think one way she does that, it's not very intellectual, it's very somatic. It's very body-based. It's like, enjoy your current, enjoy your energy, enjoy being in your body. Enjoy the things that come with that, because one day you won't have a body. I agree. Yeah, that's why she's so connected with, like, sensuality. And people think, like, when they think of, like, St. Martha, she's connected with sexuality. Anaisa's more actually connected with sensuality, the senses. But they're interconnected, which is the same reason why, like, these two are best friends, Mm -hmm. right? But part of, like, sexuality is, like, being actually energetically in tune with the energies that are going in your body. Mm -hmm. And... It's almost like, because we were just did on Aisa podcast, I don't know the sequence of what these are going to come out with, but something we talked a lot about with with Anaisa is that she's very social. And I think there's an aspect of sensuality that's other, right? Like, how do you appear to others? How do you interact with others? Whereas, like, Martha and the sexuality is very, what does that feel like in your body? Yeah, exactly. What is it within you? Right? And not just how does something feel like receiving it, but like what does even her current feel like, which is why she'll pull her hair out and like not pull it out, but take her hair out if it's wrapped up or. Yeah. And it's part of like the wilderness or wildness, which is of say that belongs to St. Martha, is like letting yourself be loose. Right, allowing yourself to like untie your hair, allowing yourself to like let go mm-hmm. so that you can be more in tune with what's the natural energy that flows with you, right? Which in a way is, is so, so your core, like nature. Yeah. Um, because it's so wild, it's so raw that it isn't it's conditioned by society and I think maybe a misread on that is why people think she's like intense or fiery or whatever but she's just really raw it's like raw what would you call that raw even raw sexual energy raw I don't think that's quite the right word but that life force raw life force thank you yeah Yeah. it's that it's raw life force yeah, because when we think of a lot of people, when they think of life force, like we talk about life force in many ways, but one thing that we don't often talk about is basically life force is that which brings you life. Mm-hmm. Life is based around sex. Without sex, life doesn't continue to happen. And in the mystical terms of the law of sex, we say like sex is happening all the time. And sex is actually way more present than just physical sex, right? So, like... Like creation? It's like the intermingling of two different energies that create something other than those two. Like creation. Exactly, (laughs) right? So, like, and that happens all the time. Like, your thoughts have sex with your mind in order to create a new thought. Right. It is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> new thoughts like, come. Wow, that's so true. <laughs> new no, thoughts come from old thoughts that combine. Mm-hmm. Think about it like that. Right. 
or two emotions that meet each other and create a third. So, like, one of the big, like, spiritual laws is, like, sex is everywhere. And it's talking about not necessarily physical sex, but two energies that come together and create something new. And that can also be the merging with yourself. We call it harmony. used a few terms throughout this podcast of, like, what is it like to merge horse and spirit, self and self, like... Exactly. mm -hmm. Little self and big self. Body and energy. Mm -hmm. Body and spirit. Right? We A lot of times, like, people talk about, like, mind, body, spirit. Mind, body, spirit means you have three different things. When you start to merge all those things, right, mind and body merge together, body and spirit merge together, you no longer have any individual thing, but you have a total new thing that has aspects of all of the things that were put into to create it. And going back to, like, uh, we live in sex all the time. Like, when I think of St. Martha, it's rarely, that energy is rarely about someone else. It's always about the creative life force. Um, and when we think of her as a woman, like, who, who creates life? I mean, it takes two, but who births life? Let's put it that way. Who births life? There is a guest at the house now who has a tattoo of, on her back that is so St. Martha and it's like a woman hands up, wild hair squat down, giving birth to the earth, like giving birth to life and that image, that feeling is so St. Martha Absolutely that's why if you look in the image of St. Martha, the picture not usually like the statue you see a little cutout in the bottom right corner and it's supposed to be of the boy that she saved when she tied up the dragon right and I think that speaks about like part of the motherly aspect of St. Martha right that she came in to entrance the serpents in order to save the boy right and the way that the story goes is like I think it was, like, every seven years, they used to, like, sacrifice kids to the to the dragon in order to make sure, like, the dragon didn't, like, destroy the town. But then St. Martha came in and was like, yeah, this doesn't work. Here's your ribbons. Here's your ribbons. Cheers. I'm going to flute, right? So mm-hmm. something... Pe- she's connected with is, like, the flute mm-hmm. and a snake charmer. Mm-hmm. So that she charms the snake right and she charms the dragon so the dragon falls asleep she ties him up with ribbons and then the dragon comes to serve her and lets go of the boy and if we even think of like something like music or the flute right what creates harmony is not just the sounds but also the gaps in between sounds makes it so sad yeah, harmony is a totality. Like when we have music, the music comes because of not just the sounds, but the gaps in between the sounds. Hence the beats, the rhythm. And, and the pervasive, the ver- dominant energy. energy. Exactly. 
and it all becomes like sandwiched together and creates a totality. Absolutely. Like, um, maybe like a bigger lesson or like a bigger something that separate spirits are bringing you. No, definitely. Which is what one of the interesting things about like mystical traditions around the world is mystical traditions around the world always held like the snake in a certain special position. Right? If we think of like um, the snake eating its own tail. That's a very big mystical symbol, right? Um, the kundalini, which is usually seen as like a snake sitting at the sexual center, right? That rises up, which is connected with life force, right? Which rises and makes its way up. When we think of the, I think that's called a catechus in English. The this? That and it's it goes like this. It's used for a medical produces that right as the medical symbol, and um one of the things with that medical symbol, the Carduceus's staff, is that it comes from Egypt, and in Egypt they had the same symbolism, and the symbolism represents the rising of one's life force. Right until you get to the top, where the serpent becomes winged, which is why we see the two wings. It becomes winged because now you're flying away from that which you used to be, and you're flying into like the height of your totality. So I think Saint Martha's always had a really strong connection to like all types of mystical symbolism, all types of mysticism if we look all over the world like in most shamanic traditions or or practices the serpent usually holds like a really large weight and almost everywhere does it symbolize like that strong energy and the life force energy and it has to start somewhere right yeah I would say the only way to tame it it seems is to charm it through music and appeasing like to let it bring to let it go into peace mm-hmm. and let it be just natural but like also as they were talking about the snake charmer like I imagined Martha charming her servites exactly and then like it ha- like this full circle like it, when you sort of surrender to her energy then you can start the process of tra- uh evolution or what I'm, yeah. you can't see me but I'm doing Ascending. Ascending motions with my hands. Um, but it has to start at the base. Absolutely. This is why it's at the base of your, you know, the kundalini. Like, it has to start with you surrendering to her. You have to surrender to the energy. And then it opens up a floodgate. But it's kind of full circle because you're not, trans. you are and you're not transcending life. It's actually like, where do you end up? Six feet under. Full Absolutely. circle. Absolutely. 
Absolutely, which is why Saint Martha has that fire and that cemetery connection. What's the fire? The fire connection is the spark of life. Consciousness or spark of life. Yeah, both. It's the spark of life and ultimate consciousness. It's about like Mm -hmm. becoming illuminated, Mm -hmm. but also like you have to have the fire or the desire to do so. Because it's not just going to happen of itself. And then after the fact, does how much you lived determine how you evolve? Like, your consciousness goes to outside of your body? Absolutely. So, we're almost at time here, too. We did that. And... Thank you guys for listening. As always, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, or your favorite podcast app. We're all sitting here in the temple, nice and scared of a skunk, right? Asking for a snake to come by and make it run away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you can cash out the temple at Cash Civil Hector Salva. We appreciate all your donations. Many blessings to all of you. As I mentioned earlier, we have Anaisa and St. Martha ceremony coming on July 29, 2023. And you can look it up. Pretty much the information's everywhere. So you can look it up. Stay blessed. Until next time, keep the faith. Two